Hey lovely freaks and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host Amanda. And I'm Hannah. And if you're new here, hi, welcome. If you like things strange and unusual and true crime, you can go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button. You can also head on down to our description box and you'll see a link that will take you to our um, link tree. And there you will find our Instagram at Lovely Freaks Podcast and Facebook, social media, all that jazz. And all that jazz. <laughs> Alrighty, so we have, <clears throat> excuse me, just mm, um, public service announcement real quick. I just wanted to say it's been on my mind since I left Kroger earlier. If you are coming out of Kroger or, gra- or gas station or any store where you have a buggy and you have things, just um, get out of the way. <laughs> don't, don't stand in the entrance or exit trying to like find your keys or... Put your wallet away. Just get out of the door and then do that later. Okay. That was my public service announcement for the day. Something happened to you that was similar. (laughs) Something. (laughs) Yeah, I did. This old lady was holding up like five different buggies. And nobody, I was like way back there. And nobody was like, hey. Excuse me. Like, you know, if it would have been me, I would have been like, excuse me. Can you move? Thanks, (laughs) (laughs) But I was like five people back. And I was just like, I'm just here unless I holler. Get out of the way. Like, Get out of the way, old lady. <laughs> so anyways, um also next oh, get, get, pull up your calendar because I want to make sure I get the date right on this. We're gonna do another live Q and A and it's gonna be April twenty fifth, correct? Yep, yep. April twenty fifth, seven thirty PM Central Time for the US. Um, So if you're not following us on Instagram and Facebook, I highly suggest that you go do that because that's where we're going to be doing our live Q&A. We're going to try this again because last time it messed up. And if you don't have a Facebook and Instagram, well, then you should go get one because you can have one just for us. I mean, we won't mind. Um, So, yeah, start following us so you can have all that info. And we'll mention it, you know, throughout this week and next week as well. Okay, without further ado let's talk about this 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 murder suicide story out of new orleans so this was brought well i've heard of this story before but i actually forgot about it and it's been a long time and um so is this like a serial killer like i don't even know no it's not a serial killer it's a murder suicide okay killing okay so this is a story of zach and addy Mm -hmm. um they're like this is like one of the most infamous murders in new orleans history and it's like really heartbreaking the story has to deal with like new orleans uh mental illness i mean we're talking about all kinds of different things that that this story has in it so or this case um i will say one of our listeners from new orleans I would say their name, but I don't want to get it wrong, and I don't really quite remember. Okay. <laughs> but, so, and my phone is not on me. So, um, but they commented on our Mothman and Casket Girls of New Orleans, and they said that they had some, uh, like, stories they could send us and stuff oh, okay. like that. So, this is one of the ones that they, that, that listener sent us. And shout out to you, you know who you are. Um, so, for those of you that don't know, New Orleans is about three hours from us. We live in central Mississippi. 
So, um, it's about three hours. I love New Orleans. It's a great place. A lot of people all over the world have been. So, I mean, you know, people that we're talking to right now, I'm sure a lot of people have been to New Orleans. I've but. been there once and it was a story, let's just say. <laughs> yeah, your experience is not as awesome as mine uh-uh. have been. You need to go with me. Yeah, I don't know why we haven't been, but it's pretty rad. New Orleans is awesome. There's cobblestone streets, there's art, there's love, laughter. It's known as the Big Easy. Um, and it's just all around. The atmosphere there's just, I don't know, something about it. Of course, at night, you know, Bourbon Street and even the French Quarter can become like a party town. And, um, so yeah, that's kind of what we're going to, we're going to talk about all that. So we'll start off with Addie. It's so weird saying her name because my daughter's name is Addie. (laughs) So Addie Hall, um, I'm not sure when she was born. I couldn't find that anywhere. And I tried, tried, tried to find that out, but I couldn't figure it out. So, but she was kind of a free spirited person. Um, she was an artist. She came to New Orleans after having kind of a rough She had kind of a rough childhood. Some of her friends said that she was um, a victim of like being molested when Mm -hmm. she was a kid. So she also went through like a lot of different abusive relationships as an adult. And so she just decided to leave the Northeast states and come to New Orleans. Excuse me. She was a poet, a dancer, and became a bartender in the French Quarter at a place called Spotted Cat. Some nice yeah. Um, Addie was what some would consider an alcoholic. Uh, she mm. drank pretty heavily, especially after she started becoming a bartender. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, you're in that environment and in New Orleans it's pretty fast paced life. My tattoo artist, um, she used to live in New Orleans and like they lived right down in the French quarter and she was like it was fun, but that was only something I want to do like once in my life. She was like, I don't, she said, because like all night long, it's party. Like every night, all night, it never stops. It's never quiet. Like it's, it's intense. I couldn't deal with that. Yeah. Um, when she would drink, she would also get very abusive, uh, some kind of sometimes physically, but mostly verbally. Um, and in 2003, she started getting into bar fights and doing cocaine. And a lot of her friends were like, piece them out because they couldn't handle our outbursts. She also mm-hmm. got bi- diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And um, so yeah, she was just having a bad time after she got to New Orleans and became a bartender and all that. So that's pretty much it about Addie. And now we're going to kind of talk about Zach. So Zach Bowen was born May 15, 1978 and was said to be charismatic, charming, um, he was also, like, really good looking. So, yeah, and he was really, he was, he was a pretty good looking dude. He grew up in California with a laid back attitude. He was kind of like a surfer dude, you know, oh, like, okay. just whatever, wherever the wind took him. Yeah. He, <laughs> um, Zach left school and then started traveling around the country with his father when he was, I think, like, 17. He was young, but, um... He, he did okay in school, but he also, like, got to a point where he just kind of didn't care about school mm-hmm. when he was older. And his dad, apparently, was kind of more of his friend than his father. His parents had gotten a divorce. They kind of, when he was younger, they lived, like, a kind of a hippie lifestyle. I mean, they would travel. 
all over. They would just, he lived in several different places. They had like a van or, or not a van, but like a camper or whatever. So yeah, um, they finally made their way to New Orleans though, him and his dad, after traveling all over the country, they finally made their way to New Orleans and apparently this is when he decided to re-enroll back into high school. Um, unfortunately though, yet again, it ended with him leaving school, dropping out, not finishing. But he stayed in New Orleans because he loved the atmosphere so much and everything. Zach got married at 18 to a woman named Lana who was 28. They also had two kids together. She was a, um, former stripper, I believe. Hmm. And he was a very good dad, according to his wife, or his ex-wife. He also, in 2000, he, um, decided to, like, go back to school to get his GED. Sorry if y'all hear that bird. There's a mama bird out here, and she won't go away from the nest, and she won't be quiet. <laughs> I don't think they hear it too much. It's Maybe fine. not. So, anyways, in 2000, he decided to get his GED because he wanted to, like, you know, try to make a better life for him, his kids. Mm -hmm. He was really, like, one of those dads that wanted to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, be there for them. Be there for them and, you know, provide. In order to provide more, though, um, he decided to join the Army this same year in 2000. And because of the benefits, you know, TRICARE, all that, huh, I should know, Army wife. And, um, yeah, the benefits are pretty good, but they do come with struggles. And this, of course, was before wartime. So, this was before 9-11 um, and all that. However, after 2001 and 9-11, he did a tour in Kosovo, which... What Sorry, was that? a mosquito. Oh, a mosquito. <laughs> We're outside, by the way, guys. Um, he did a tour in Kosovo, which is not really a, a war. It's not a war... My husband went to Kosovo. So, it's not a war uh, zone. It mm -hmm. is, like, peacekeeping mission type thing. But then, after that, he did a tour in Iraq. And this, of course, was after 9-11. So, it was, like, war Pretty time intense, for sure. Yeah. yeah. While serving, he experienced some trauma, including one of his best friends and fellow soldiers suddenly dying kind of, like, in front of him. Mm -hmm. um, along with other soldiers as well that he knew. He also gave... They were, like, walking down the street, and uh, I don't know what his job was in the Army. I didn't, I didn't catch what his MMS was, but he must have been infantry because they were walking, or he could have been military police, I'm not sure, but they were walking down the street, and uh, there was this little girl that he saw, and he, like, gave her candy, and they were talking, you know, he was talking yeah. to her or whatever, because the kids in Iraq, they're just always, always around, and um, so she got the candy and then she left and then he found out like the next day that she had been killed for talking to American soldiers. Oh. Yeah. And then there was another little boy that he kind of befriended that would bring them like ice and stuff when they were out, you know, on the mm -hmm. road and patrolling and stuff. And, um, they found out that, I don't think they bombed their, his dad's store because of them talking to the Americans. They may have, I don't know. But he found out that they had, their store had gotten bombed and the little boy had died and his oh. family. So, just some so really traumatic stuff. Um, after this, he began to, and he began to, like, purposely fail his PT test because he was ready to, like, get home. He hated it. He wanted to be discharged, which I completely, I get that. Um, yeah. And it, and he just couldn't really, he couldn't handle it anymore. 
And it worked because he got general discharged, which meant that he lost his benefits and went uh, back to New Orleans. So he didn't get medically discharged and he didn't get uh, dishonorably discharged. He got generally discharged, which when you get generally discharged, it also means that you kind of did something to get discharged, I guess like you could say. Like he shot himself in the foot or something? No, no, no. Like, they probably knew that he was failing his PT test intentionally because he yeah. was a big dude. This, this guy was 6'10", by the way. 6'10". Oh. Six, six okay. <laughs> so, um, Derek. my Well, sorry, I didn't mean to say his name. My, <laughs> I don't know if he wants his name out there, but my son's father. Yeah. He's six. uh... What is he, like 6'4 or something six like four. that? So just put mm-hmm. that in perspective. That's how yeah. tall this guy was, 6'10". Um, so they probably wanted him. That's why they kept it, kept him because Yeah, he's a that. big dude. Um, and so anyways, he got back to New Orleans. Things were pretty hard after this when he was transitioning and back into civilian life, which it is. And during this time, since he... Since he left the military, his wife, Lana, took the kids and left, and she was, like, upset because she had to go back to stripping, and he had to go back to bartending, and she didn't like that. She was pissed, like, that he quit the army, which, in a way, I can understand what she's saying, but in a way, I'm like, yeah, but he was suffering, so you need to quit being a bitch, and I don't know. Like, like, did he tell her He probably didn't. No, probably not. I mean, they don't tend to do that. Soldiers usually don't do that, but... You don't know what he's been through. Yeah. She she had to have known that something happened, otherwise he wouldn't have purposely quit, you know? Yeah. Um, So, obviously, he was also suffering from PTSD and he like desperately needed help which he wasn't really getting um you know because unfortunately a lot of our military guys do not get help and the stigmatism behind that is also you're a soldier suck it up you know and that's probably what people were saying get you give you like pills or they're like put you in a mental well a lot of times it's just a lot of times it's just fellow soldiers or fellow people that he might have been in the army with that are like, oh, you don't have PTSD, you're fine. Or, oh, you're, yeah. you're okay, you know, suck it up. Um, one of my best friends who probably, well, I know, had PTSD, I mean, just recently got, like, help in the therapy and started doing therapy mm-hmm. and is, like, really doing great, you know. And that that had been... It's been years that he that this person needed it, but they finally got it. And that's what's so sad about all these situations. But, um, so in 2005, he began working at a different bar, or, or I don't remember what the bar was, um, but that's where he met Addie Hall. So, Zach and Eddie meeting in 2005 at a bar that they both worked at wasn't exactly fireworks, though. Because Zach thought that she was beautiful and he liked her and he loved her free spirit and just how awesome she was. Addie, on the other hand, was not really that into him. <laughs> she said he was kind of like a um, frat boy. He kind of had like a uh, frat boy attitude. And she's like a hippie, definitely. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, I'm not about that life. Um, so all the girls like just loved him and she just didn't see what they saw. They were like, uh, okay. yeah, he's not really, he's a good looking, but whatever (laughs) you know 
Uh, it's because he was to- so tall. Zach, like, that's yeah, probably the main yeah, reason. Yeah. God, he's so tall. He towers over oh, me. me. So Zach um, began to try really hard, though, to get her attention in order to get to know her. He worked, like, the night shift. So, I think he worked from, like, 2 o'clock in the morning till, like, I don't know, uh, like, 9 o'clock in the morning or something. And then she worked from 10 o'clock in the morning to, like, 5 o'clock at night. New Orleans bars don't ever close. They don't ever close. They don't ever close? They don't ever close. (laughs) No. Um, so she, so he would stay there, like he would get off his shift after working all night long and then stay and talk to her while she was on her shift because Mm -hmm. at two, at 10 PM, I mean, I mean at 10 AM, there's not a whole lot of business. So she was kind of bored. So he would like stay up there and talk to her and you know, so yeah. So eventually, um, he decided, you know, she decided to give him a chance and they started dating. Everyone said that they were such a cute couple to start off with. They were living it up, partying, enjoying life. But then, August 29th, the day before my 16th birthday, um, 2005, Hurricane yeah. Katrina hit. Mm-hmm. It was awful. It sucked. Um, for people that don't know, I mean, we, I mean, we're from Mississippi, obviously. I said we were in central Mississippi, but we still lost power for like, I don't know, three weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh, you were you a baby. Yeah, like, you, were like, you were like five. But yeah, we lost power for like three weeks, two weeks, something like that. We yeah. actually had to go live with my grandmother, um, my granny, because the town that she was living in, or that she lives in, their electricity is underground, so they didn't lose electricity, so we kind of stayed with her. Um, we had trees down, we had trampolines flipped and uh, it was crazy so because of the wind and we also had some tornadoes in this area now obviously on the coast in mississippi it was like someone just washed away i mean there's still houses today that are being built from katrina like they're finally rebuilding on the properties Mm -hmm. that got devastated it just looked like somebody just bulldozed the entire gulf coast And then in New Orleans, you had the levees that broke, which ensued a lot of devastation. I mean, I remember watching on the news whenever we finally made it to my granny's house, like, the caskets that were floating. Because New Orleans is, for those of you that don't know, it's uh, below sea level, so they don't bury anyone in the ground. They can't. They bury them in mausoleums. That's why they bury them in mausoleums. So... Um, because if they bury them underground, they'll just kind of rise. So there was just like, mm-hmm. so there was caskets, caskets everywhere. floating everywhere. Really um, disturbing. people, yeah, people still didn't even like. There's some people that still never found like loved ones, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that probably alligators, crocodiles were in those waters as well. Um, so yeah, it was pretty awful and ter- terrible. Uh, Zach and Addie during this time. They, so, New Orleans did issue an evacuation and Mississippi, but you guys, we deal with hurricanes all the time, so we're not prone to, like, leave. Even now, even after Katrina, if you, like, said that there would be, like, a Category 4 hurricane, 
most people in Mississippi and Louisiana and all that are not going to leave. They're going to be like, eh, it'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah. That's just the way we are. Like we have it all the time. Yeah, we have them all the time. Sometimes they're, sometimes they are, like Katrina. Really intense. Really intense. But then other times they say they're going to be intense and then they die out. So, you know, it's just something that they wanted to, to, what's the word I'm looking for? Write out. Write out, yeah. So they decided to write it out in their apartment, as many people did, like I said. So... Um, Lana, Zach's ex, so Lana, Zach's ex wife, um, was, she was kind of still in the picture and he was, you know, seeing his kids and stuff like that, even though they like left and she left and divorced him and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but she begged them to leave New Orleans because she thought it was going to be pretty bad and, like, go up north further away from, you know, everything. Um, she even told him, like, you can bring Addie. I don't care. You know, I just want y'all to come with me and let's go. And he pretty much, like, refused. He was like, no, I'm good. And I thought that was kind of shitty because yeah. he's got kids. Yeah. I mean, I would have been like, yeah, I need to go with my children, but whatever. Um, after the storm passed, of course, they didn't have water, electricity, food, etc. It was kind of like, uh, you know, just living off the grid. <laughs> they, however, loved living like this. Like, this was super hippie kind of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like, living just free, whatever. Okay. No laws. The, the police were there in New Orleans, but they really couldn't do much because there was a lot of not only was it flooded there was a lot of like just chaos I and mean, people were like looting places mm-hmm. to get food and stuff like that but you also had idiots that were looting to like buy to like get tvs and i'm like the fuck are you gonna do with that like the, we didn't have you didn't have electricity for like months exactly. what what in the hell are you gonna do with the tv it was just stupid yeah so anyways um addy and zach however they would help their neighbors in the neighborhood by lighting things on fire like they would take big mattresses and throw them out and light them on fire to make like you know to have heat because i'm sure it was kind of cold at night because there was still kind of rainy and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and also they would like cook out in the middle of the streets they would cook like beans and anything that they could find in a can that would like sustain a pretty big neighbor pretty big community um addie and zach started um like making drinks they went to like a bunch of different bars and they stole liquor so they could make drinks for people yeah. you know because oh, they're bartenders okay. so yeah i thought that was kind of funny they were even they the newspaper covered them like several different newspapers and even the new york times wrote an article on them and they were kind of known as like the king and queen of this community that kind of like helped and gave back and did stuff for everybody yeah. you know so they were thriving in this environment which is really crazy to say because most people at this time were not thriving they were miserable they were hot they were starving they were wet all the time i mean it was just awful um but not addie and zach they even like people would even say they had like sex in the street like it was just like a you know like thrill Yeah. yeah like they just loved being this bohemian and I'm like, that's great. Just when it all comes back is when they start having problems, and we'll get to that. Hmm. So, um, they also kind of, like, 
super, like really fell in love during this time more than what it was normal. I that guess you could so say. So weird to think about because the the the, 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 the disaster. Disaster. Yeah, most people fall out of love or it gets hard. Yeah, yeah. but not these two. Also, during this time, like I said, it was like a post-apocalyptic lifestyle, and things could get pretty rough at night. I think at one point, Addie almost got raped um, Mm -hmm. because she was going into a store, and there were looters in there, and so, anyways, I'm not sure how that whole happened, but how all that happened, but around September 3rd was when the Army started to come into New Orleans, the 82nd Airborne. And Zach's PTSD was very high during this point because there's soldiers walking down the streets, there's tanks, there's helicopters, mm-hmm. so it's like giving him flashbacks. Mm-hmm. During this time, they were both drinking a lot, smoking, I think they were probably doing some drugs. I know she did cocaine, I don't know if he did, but Addie was, like I said, diagnosed with bipolar disorder, so during this time, she didn't have her meds, mm-hmm. okay? So it was pretty rough. The mayor wanted everyone out of New Orleans and because he wanted like everyone to get out and he told the military like go knock on every door and tell them they got to leave because he wanted everybody to get out so they could start infrastructure and rebuilding because they had to get the streets clear. They had to get everything back to where it was. Addie and Zach, however, along with some other people, but them too, they refused to leave like told the military like no we're good we're not leaving I don't know why they didn't drag them out of there but they didn't and so about two weeks later people started slowly pouring back into the communities and coming home mm-hmm. Zach and Addie at this time had a very hard time so apparently they were kind of like they had like this attitude about them people would say whenever people started coming back to their homes they were kind of like oh, you're not a true New Orleans, New Orleans person because you didn't stay and write it out. Well, first of what? all, y'all aren't because he's from California and you're from up, upstate New York or yeah. northeast. So, exactly. so y'all aren't really New Orleans people. And I'm sorry that I didn't want to possibly die, die or, exactly. you know, suffer. So I left. Fuck me, right? Yeah. So anyways, they just had this very arrogant attitude about them is what people would say. Um... And they felt kind of like they were, they owned the town, I guess you could say. Yeah. Their friends said that they um, liked camping out, not having jobs or any responsibilities during, like, Katrina. So, being back to normal, they absolutely hated it. By 2006, they would get into, like, massive fights, verbal fights, sometimes abusive, because Addie, sometimes she would wake up with, like, bruises on her arms, and she didn't remember how she got them, but it was because she was, like, blackout drunk, she was fighting with Zach, and, you know, he probably was trying to get her off. I don't think he ever physically, like, hit her or punched her, but he would, like, hold her arms, like, keep her from hitting him. Yeah. So, people said it seemed like they lived off of the drama because... Like, if Addie kicked Zach out of the house or the apartment, she would start running down the street after him. And if he kicked her out of the apartment, he would start running down the street after her. So, it was kind of like a a drama thrill type thing. They just loved the dramatics. And, you know, the makeup sex, I guess, was great. I don't know. (laughs) They're like, wait, come back. I want makeup sex. Yeah. No, don't leave. 
Please. <laughs> so anyways, Zach then started looking elsewhere for companionship because he was getting kind of sick of Addie's shit. Reasonably so. He started talking to another man. Yes, Zach was by. Addie gets pretty pissed about this when she finds out and starts calling him all kinds of homophobic names. Zach also is trying to, like, keep her quiet because he doesn't want... He's not really comfortable being bisexual yet and out in the open about it. And so he doesn't want any of their neighbors to find out. So she's, like, standing in the middle of the street screaming all these homophobic slurs at him. And he's, like, Mm -hmm. trying to shut her up, you know, and, and it's just a shit show. She called every woman in his phone. She, like, got his phone and called every woman in his phone and told him all that he had AIDS. Damn. Yeah. She's a biatch. It's, pre- it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy. After this, Addie was working a lot. I mean, Zach was working a lot. He was trying to, like, get his shit together. They had broken up, kind of. They were still kind of on and off, but they, for the most part, they were broken up. Mm-hmm. So he was trying to get his shit together. He was trying to pay his child support. He was trying to get jobs a lot of jobs so he could pay for it and take care of his kids. Addie, on the other hand, she was struggling and she came up with this idea that, hey, let's just get back together and get a new apartment under your name and then we can start working on our relationship again. Mm-hmm. To which he decides, okay, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> poor Zach. But you're going to find out not so poor. We'll get there. Then this would be the I'm apartment. I'm really interested. Like, yeah. What the hell is going to um, This apartment that they bought together would be, this is where some crazy shit went down. Days after they signed the lease together on this new apartment, it was um, October 4th, Addie secretly changed the, the lease agreement into her name. So I don't know how she did that, but apparently she just went up to the lease, to the landlord and was like, yeah, I need to put all this in my name. And he said, sure. Then, when Zach got home, she was like, yeah, I'm kicking you out. Bye. And he had already paid two months advance on the apartment for her and for them. But she basically kicked him out because she was trying to, like, get back at him because he cheated with that guy. But I'm like, get over it. Yeah, move on. (laughs) Obviously, you wanted him back. But apparently, we've we've figured out that she only wanted him back, I guess, to have a place to live for two months till she got on her feet. And, you know, she, by no means am I saying what happens in this. Is her fault? Is her fault. But at the same time, like, she's not a saint herself either. Neither one of them are. It's pretty um, crazy. So, he was now homeless, pissed off because he was supposed to get his kids that weekend, and he had nowhere to go. Now, we're going to fast forward a little bit to October 17th, 2006. A guest at the Omni Hotel in New Orleans called the front desk because they heard a big thud, and they saw a body laying on top of the roof of a parking garage outside their window. The front desk people then called the police and said, we think we have a jumper. When they showed up, they find the body of Zach Bowman, who had jumped to his death. In his pocket, there was a Ziploc bag that had his army tags in it, and a note that read, this is not an accident. I had to take my own life to pay for what I took. If you send a patrol car to 826 North Rampart, 
you will find the dismembered corpse of my girlfriend, Addie, in the oven and stove and the fridge. And a full signed confession from myself, the right, the keys to my front door are in my pocket. And to get to the gate, call Leah Watermeyer to let you in. Whoa. That escalated <laughs> so quickly. Your face. Like, I was I'm like, not laughing. I'm laughing at her face. I was she like, was what's like, going on? What the fuck? When you said, like, somebody fell up, and I was like, who? You just probably thought, okay, he committed suicide. That yeah. sucks. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking, too. Like, oh, no. So, obviously, when they found this note, they were like, oh, well, we have a murder-suicide on our hands. Pretty sure. They checked the hotel security footage and saw Zach at the bar drinking around, it was like 4 p.m. to 8 a.m. Then right before 3, right before 8.30 p.m., he was seen pacing back and forth from like the pool to the rail of the, like, you could jump over the rail and like, you know, and there was a railing there. So he was seen pacing back and forth and the cops kind of figured it was like he was kind of um, trying to make up his mind whether he wanted to jump or not. And so he jumped at 8.30 on the dot and um, that's, he jumped to his death. Mm -hmm. So the police get to the address where the note was around 10 p.m., that night this was October 5th um no this was sorry I got ahead of myself they get there at the at the the house at 10 p.m. that night Mm -hmm. so now we're gonna go back to what happens this is what happens and this is what the note in his pocket meant October 5th 2006 around 1 a.m. like I mentioned above um they Apparently, him and Addie started fighting. They were fighting, like, all hours of the night. And then, I guess, probably the neighbors remember that or whatever. Yeah. And then, finally, it ended when Zach strangled Addie to death. When police got to the apartment... So, that's what happened. Yeah. Then, the, then I'm going to go back to when the police get to the apartment. So, when they got to the apartment, they found that... The apartment was, like, a huge mess. The air conditioner was, like, all the way up on freezing, which, obviously, he was trying to do to keep the body from rotting. Mm-hmm. Or the 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 body parts. Mm-hmm. So, it was, like, super cold in there. And they could smell the smell of decay when they yeah. walked in. And the neighbors, later on, would say that they kind of smelled something, but it wasn't as bad. Because this was October 5th when he killed her. And he jumped... October 17th, so about a week or two? It's like 11, uh, 12 days. Sorry, I was having to count. So, (laughs) it's like 12 days or so. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good amount of time, but they they were just starting, she was just starting to decay. Yeah. Or, they were just starting to smell the body the neighbors were. When the police got to, okay, so it was a big mess, the walls of the apartment were covered in black spray paint and they said things like, quote, call Lena Bowman, which is his ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Her number is blah, 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 whatever, end quote. Quote, I loved her, end quote. Another one said total failure. Another one said, I'm sorry, I couldn't finish. And another one said, look in the oven. 
There was another spot um, above his bed where he slept that said, help me stop the pain. Then in the oven, or the oven was spray painted and it said, don't look. And wow. of course they, he, they did. And so when they, you think that like he killed her, he panicked and he was trying to like dismember the body to like hide it somewhere but then he couldn't do all of the body so he thought I'm definitely gonna get caught uh kind of we'll get into that okay so they found Addie's feet and legs in the oven in the pot on the stove they found her hands and her head mm-hmm. and her torso was wrapped in a plastic bag in the freezer in Addie's journal the last pages like the last eight pages this dude wrote a huge confession and i'm not going to read the whole eight pages i'm yeah. sure you can find it somewhere but i'm not reading that so this is kind of what it said she had stolen this apartment tried to kick me out then would not shut the fuck up so i very calmly strangled her it was very quick after sexually defiling the body a few times, I was posed with the question of how to dispose of a corpse. So, during this time, he kind of dismembered her, but also went about his life. Because then, passages later, he finally says, halfway through this task of, like, going through normal life, and for a few days and trying to figure out how he was going to dismember her. He said, I stopped and I thought about what I was doing. The decision to halt the first idea and move to plan B, the crime scene you are now in, came after a while. I scared myself not by the actions of calmly strangling the woman I've loved for one and a half years and then desecrating her body but I scared myself by my entire lack of remorse. I've known for forever how horrible of a person I am, ask anyone, and decided to quit my jobs and spend the $1,500 in cash that I have um, on being happy until I killed myself. So that's what I do. Good food, good drugs, good strippers, good friends, and any loose ends I may have had. I didn't contact any of my family, so that'll explain the shock, and had a fantastic time living out my days. He's talking about until he commits suicide. Um, It's just about time now. End quote. So, very long quote. But, basically, he's saying that he didn't have any remorse for strangling her and And defiling her body, and it scared him, yeah. (laughs) That's weird because he just snapped. And it's not like he... Yeah. Because a lot of people were like, I... And I'll probably get to this at some point. But even people like friends and stuff were like, Addie seemed like more of the person that would snap opposed to him. Yeah. But sometimes that's how it be, man. Like, you push somebody enough. Even the quiet ones, they'll just... Snap one Snap. (laughs) Um, Like I said, he went on days living life as normal. He, meanwhile, Lana, I mean, uh, Lana, uh, Addie's body was in the apartment, you know, body parts were in the apartment, and he was just living it normal. At one point, he even talked to Lana, his ex-wife, and asked her if she could bring the kids up to his work, which she did, 
when she got there, she said that he was, like, super joyful and happy, and he said that Addie was gone, like, she just left him, and she left the the state, and so Alana was like, okay, well, that's probably why he's happy, you know, he doesn't have to deal with that anymore. He gave her $600 in cash and child support, which is, like, way over what he usually gave, Mm -hmm. and he said, hey, is it okay if I get the kids next weekend? Since Addie's gone, I'm kind of renovating the apartment, and it'll be ready by then. What? Maybe that wasn't his plan. Maybe his initially, plan was I don't to... think her, his plan was to um, kill himself. Kill himself. No. Yeah. Maybe he was going to hide the body. Or so something. this is where we're going to get into some kind of like uh, voodoo conspiracy theory. Spirits maybe do it type shit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> there was a neighbor named John who lived in the apartment before them. So he lived in this apartment before them. He still lived in the apartment complex, but. This um, specific apartment that Addie and Zach were in, he lived there before they did. And he said that he moved out because he just had bad vibes. He also had the a priest come bless the house um, before he left, which I thought was really weird. John remembers the night of the murders. The apartment complex, like he remembers seeing that the light, the bathroom light of the apartment complex is on all night which he thought was really strange, which I wouldn't think that was strange because I live in my bathroom all night because that's my nightlight Um, because I'm scared of the dark at 32. So, (laughs) almost 32. So, anyways, um, but he thought it was really weird, whatever. And so, he also said he remembers seeing a man standing outside of his, on his balcony, but when he went out there, nothing was there. Then he said he remembered seeing shadowy figures like out on the lawn like looking up at the apartments yeah so he got super scared and he called his friend to like come over and stay with him for the night he said in a book um that was written about this murder he said quote this is an old city with old spirits don't tempt them end quote Hmm. so this apartment sits atop a very well-known landmark in new orleans and this is above the priestess I'm going to say this name wrong. Miriam's. I think it's Miriam's. Voodoo Spiritual Temple. So a lot of people from New Orleans will know what I'm talking about. Many claim, many would claim later that the dark voodoo history of this location had something to do with Zach's overwhelming mental illness and the violent outburst of their relationships that came to a final dismal end. It is pure coincidence, however, that these unrelated matters aligned. Voodoo is generally voodoo in generally and we've talked about it a lot is actually like a healing spiritual practice it has nothing to do there are people that can contact dark spirits um but normally this place the the temple and all that it's it's known for like healing purposes and people go there as a spiritual thing it's nothing to do with like dark stuff of course the newspapers however ran with the fact that uh, they called it, like, voodoo murder or something like that, which is completely of fucked up. Of course Yeah. Um, so, to me, this is just a case of a very unhealthy relationship, mental illness, and PTSD. <laughs> so, Zach, before committing suicide, he had burned himself 28 times with a cigarette every year that he was alive because he said that he was a failure. In the confessions, he also wrote everything that he was a failure, like, about. Like, you know, he failed the army. He failed 
uh, just a bunch of different stuff in life, and he was just upset about it. A lot of friends, like, couldn't even imagine this. They had one really good friend that was, like, a mutual friend between the two of them. And I think he even dated Addie, like, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But he was like, I never saw this coming. Yes, they fought, but at the same time, when they made up, they were absolutely in love. Like, you know, it was yeah. like, uh, were they the healthiest people for each other? Maybe not. But if they could have worked through their shit, and if Addie... She never got back on her bipolar medication, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that. Wow. But she, even so afterwards, she didn't want to get back on it. Because it kind of, it does, a lot of people don't like bipolar medication mm-hmm. and the way it makes you feel. And she didn't want to get on it. She didn't like it, how it made her feel. So she didn't get on it. And he said, you know, if I feel like if she would have got on her meds, if he would have got help with his PTSD, maybe none of this would have happened. Um, the apartment now, uh, which it's pretty messed up that they did this. This only happened back in 2006. And the apartment now is considered a ghost tour apartment. So you can go on a ghost tour to this apartment. Oh my god. And the family was like super pissed I that they did this. Too. Yeah. I mean, this isn't something like, you know, um what's that girl's name who killed her family? I killed her family with an axe. Oh my god. I killed her family with an axe. Oh my gosh. I can't think of it right now, and everybody is screaming, and they know what it is. Um, anyways, back in the day, Lizzie Borden. Sorry, guys. We looked it up, because yes. I couldn't remember. And, yeah, as soon as I said it, I said, who's the girl? I told Google, I said, who's the girl that killed her mom and dad with an axe in the 1800s? And, it, and I didn't even have to, like, I don't even think it was 1800s. I think it was 19? I don't know. Whatever. Lizzie Borden, that house is, um, you can, like, stay in it overnight, which is pretty cool. But, but that was all the way in the That 1800s. was back in the yeah. day. Yeah. So, I just thought it was really ill-timed of them to make it into a, like, you can see, like, the stove and the refrigerator and, like, everything. It's really weird. So, yeah. That is the story of Zach and Addie. That is balls crazy. Balls crazy, yeah. I know. I didn't even tell you what this was about. We yeah. Did it. <laughs> I was like, no what idea. the going to happen? I thought people were going to murder them. And then kill themselves or something? I thought maybe, <laughs> like, they killed themselves and, like, something happened and they were part of a murder, both of them. Yeah. Like, I did not expect him. It's really weird. Have that weird note in his pocket, too. He just literally snapped. And it wasn't like, did he have anything in his history, like, as a child or anything? That's no. the thing. He, no, no. He, like, raped her was, dead body and yeah. then cut up his, like, that stuff. Yeah. Like, I would understand if maybe. He, so, he killed her. Yeah. Left her body in the living room, went to sleep, and went to work the next morning. And then came back. It was like some Jeffrey Dahmer Jeffrey, shit. I was about to say Jeffrey and Dahmer. And, no, he never had any kind of, even people in the military, like, his battle buddies or whatever, were like, I never would have expected him to do this. He wasn't that kind of guy. He was yeah. laid back. He was super nice. Also... His childhood, like, he was, like, the jock. I mean, he was, like, one of the failures. I didn't mention this because, I I mean, I didn't think it was that important. But one of the failures of his life, he said, was that he didn't make homecoming queen one year. King one year. Homecoming king. Really? That was a failure. Like, he carried. And even in his confessions, like, he mentioned that. Like, not making homecoming king. 
was one of my failures of life. And I'm like, so that's how kind of, that's what kind of duty is, you know? Yeah. Not like a, a psycho loner yeah. dude that killed animals when he was little. <laughs> but the thing is, is like, also, he just did all that. And really, like, that's someone that you were in a relationship with for a year and a half. Yeah. And you're going to do all that? Like, I thought you were going to say, oh, he killed her. He killed her. Like, he just it. snapped and, and strangled like, her. Oh, yeah. okay. That's but why so many people. when you told me all that shit, I was like, what? That's why some people blame it on the fact that they lived above that temple, that voodoo temple. And they think that just bad spirits got in his head or demonic spirits got in his head. Which I'm not saying that couldn't have yeah. happened. So I'm not going to blame it on voodoo. That could happen to anybody, you know, demonic-wise. I mean, yeah. demons are out there. They're real. But um, I will say that... I don't think that happened in this case. I really do think that he had severe PTSD and her being the way that she was probably didn't help it. And he didn't go get help for it. Yeah. He just didn't go get help for it. PTSD is pretty intense. I mean, it can make people snap. Um, and if men, women in the army, and you, well, it doesn't even have to be in the army. You can have PTSD from anything. You can have PTSD from childhood trauma. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like, you know. If, if you think that you may have PTSD, please go, go see a, a psychologist or a therapist or whatever and try to figure it out and try to see, you know, what's going on because you could be able to take some anxiety medication or something that will make you feel better, so. But honestly, we're not defending him. He could have literally just no, no. got no. up and went, hey, we're done, and fucking yeah. left. Yeah, I mean, and it seems like he really loved her a lot because... He went back to her after I wouldn't have. Mm, yeah. And I wouldn't have even. I don't even know. I don't really know why he went back to the apartment because she kicked him out after yeah, she said, leave. Hey, she said, Hey, I took you off the lease. Get out. Like, we're done. We're Bye. done. He could have just left. I mean, yeah. they started fighting and then they escalated to him strangling her. So. Just leave, dude. It's not going to work. Yep. Pretty crazy, though. I kind of remember that case. I heard that case a long time ago. And, um... So, yeah. And we'll post pictures of them in New Orleans and all that. It's really sad. Also, strange coincidence. There's another case about um, this couple that murders this girl. And I believe she's something... Somewhere in there, it has to do with, like, a stripper. And I can't remember if it's the the murderer that was a stripper or the girl. I don't remember. But anyways, it, had, they, it was in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. So, the girl that got murdered and dismembered by this couple, she knew Addie. Weird coincidence. That's weird. Yeah, really weird. And uh, we'll talk about that case one day. But, yeah, it was a girl that... She was, they were all from New Orleans, all these wow. people. And it didn't happen around the same time, I don't think, but it didn't happen too far apart. And, um, she, she got murdered by this couple, those from New Orleans as well, but, um, Addie and her knew each other, so. That's really, really strange. Alright guys, well, we hope that you enjoyed today's episode, and we hope that you, um, go ahead and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and like I said, we're gonna have a Q&A, so we'll... We'll, we'll talk about it enough that you guys will be tired of hearing about it. But anyways. <laughs> Alright, well we'll see you guys Friday. Bye! Bye.